Welcome to the Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Courtney Quinn. I'm a corporate dropout turned serial entrepreneur with a passion for helping female business owners step into your power and reach your full potential in business and in life. I'm on a mission to empower more women to become their own boss while teaching them how to do it in a healthy, scalable way that supports your dream life so that you're running a business and not owning a business that runs you. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or you're still toying with the idea of diving into your own business, you're in the right place if you're looking for tools to support you as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship as a woman, because I'm going to get real with you on how to do so. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to today's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. Today, we are joined by Brittany Burris. Brittany is a short-term rental expert. She's an Airbnb super host and the co-owner of the Next Stop Collective, which is a luxury vacation rental company. After several years working for various Fortune 50 companies early on in her career, Brittany eventually ditched corporate America and followed her dreams of becoming an entrepreneur. Brittany has a master's in business administration from NC State University and enjoys putting her marketing background to use as a content creator, both professionally and personally. Brittany spends her time running the day-to-day operations for the Next Stop Co. and sharing her knowledge with others who want to do the same. Brittany, welcome to the Female CEO Show. Thank you, Courtney. So good to be here. I appreciate it. Of course. I am so excited to dive into this with you. I love the idea of real estate investing as a way to really build your wealth. Um, Kind of like as you you grow your business as a female entrepreneur, just like more ways to create wealth. So to like to start us off, tell us a little bit about your story and kind of everything that led up to you now being this co-owner of your own business and an Airbnb super host, being a real estate investor. Tell us about your journey. Yeah, it's been a crazy ride. So I guess I'll take it back all the way to college. You know, so you're graduating, you're like, oh, I want to land this dream job and, you know, just start out with this great corporate career. So I felt like I did that. I got hired on um, by fortune 50 company. And I felt like, you know, I had that, that golden ticket to just set my career off and things started off really well. I was promoted pretty quickly. Um, but I quickly realized it was not the industry for me. (laughs) So I was actually leading a team of all males in a warehouse distribution center. So um, not very glamorous. Um, I'm a very girl's girl. I like my nails done, <laughs> done and um, none of that was happening. I was in steel toe boots and walking around a warehouse and leading teams. So it was an interesting ride. I'm, I'm so grateful for that experience, though. I, I tell people all the time that has totally molded and shaped me into the female entrepreneur that I am today. So Super thankful for the opportunity. I did get promoted um, and moved and got an even bigger, predominantly male team. So I just learned a lot throughout that. But mostly I learned that this was not the industry for me and I wanted to pivot my career. So that led me to going back to school. So I went back. I said, I'm just going to go for it. So left my full time, great paycheck job and went back to get my MBA full time, um, which was looking back, it was, I, I didn't even blink. I was just like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. But to give all that up in that time of, you know, being in your young twenties and not having a clue what's going on, it, it was a big 
you know, jump for me. So going back to school full time was tough. Um, really humbling experience during that time, but had an amazing just overall experience at NC State, went back and got my MBA, um, met some lifelong friends and really pivoted to the marketing space, which I'd actually absolutely fallen in love with. And once again, I'm so thankful for that because it's really helped me in my career today as well. But when I went back, I had no clue where that was going to lead me. I just knew what I was doing was not it. <laughs> and I wanted a new opportunity to have a different experience. So it was awesome. I got to meet a lot of good people and actually led me to a really awesome internship that turned into a full-time role after graduation with another Fortune 50 company, which was great. So I got to come back into corporate, but this time in the marketing space, um, particularly did I focused on employment branding, which was a different angle than I had even anticipated, but learned a lot through that as well. So I did that for, I think it was about, I was maybe two years in, and then my husband and I started this quote unquote side hustle um, and we bought our first real estate investment property. And once again, everything that I've done has just been, let's just see what happens. You know, there's never really like this big end goal. Like I had no idea where this would take us, but it, we, we simply were like, you know what? We love vacationing in Asheville, North Carolina. Why are we paying all this money every year to go visit the same location? Let's just get our own house there. We'll rent it out when we're not there and we'll just go vacation there because we went at least once a year. So it just felt like it made sense. So that's what we did. We bought the property. Um, we both had our own full-time jobs and this was just something we were going to give it a go. And we launched January, 2020. So I'm sure you're immediately thinking COVID hit oh. <laughs> and uh, this side hustle um, had a rough start. So the world shut down, no traveling. Um, we obviously wanted to rent out the home to help pay our mortgage and our bills. So it was very scary. Um, but luckily we pivoted and we started to, you know, market as we have great Wi-Fi and there's great outdoor things to do. And, you know, travel quickly, you know, started to come back and we started to see what a great investment we had made and long story short that really picked up this success and we ended up buying another property and another property and it really became less of a side hustle and more of a passion for us and allowed me particularly to be able to combine you know my marketing experience um leading people i love design i love hosting i love traveling so it really just became the perfect career for me and um, so once we kind of had a couple properties up and running is when I was like, okay, I think I need to throw in the towel with corporate and I need to take this thing on full go and I need to just see what happens with it. So that's what I did. And we've done a lot of cool things since then, um, still growing our portfolio and trying to give back and help others. So it's been a fun ride. Wow. Incredible. I love how your story, like you kept mentioning pivoting and you did yeah. like you would get into something and then you'd pivot and then you'd get into something and then pivot into something else. Definitely. So for someone who might be in a little bit of a similar situation where, you know, maybe they're like, I don't know if this is right for me or like, I really do want to own my own business, but like I am in my like safe corporate space. What right. advice do you have to give? on pivoting and kind of making those jumps yeah i think you you have to follow your gut and you've got to give it a go i will say it was very helpful to have 
a supportive husband, you know, that financial stability. Um, so I think you've got to kind of weigh where you're at, you know, like if, if, if it's something that you're like, I've really got to stick out corporate for a little bit to have that financial stability to get where I need to be. Mm. I think that's totally okay. People do it all the time. You've got to hustle and you know, it's, it's not an overnight thing. Like you can't just say, Oh, some people do, I'm going to quit and this is going to come to fruition. You know, some people can make that happen, but it's really tough. Absolutely. So I think you've got to find that sweet spot of, you know, do I have the support or do I need to kind of hang on to what I've got and really hustle and grind to get where I want to be. And I did that too. I kind of had both. Um, there were many times I was working all day at my job or like if I had a lunch break, I was working our business and, you know, just trying to, to, juggle both. And I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs can probably agree that there's a time period when that happens. And it's so freeing to be able to really give it all to your passion once that time comes. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I had a somewhat similar experience to you and like, graduating college, went into a great corporate job, was like, I'm set. Like you said, you you felt like you had a golden <laughs> ticket. And I was like, yes, yeah. like I'm, I'm good to go. Like up we go, the corporate ladder, like see you soon yeah. retirement and figured I would just be there forever. And my career has been an absolute roller coaster full <laughs> of pivots and changes. Yeah. And I love what you said, just kind of like way where you're at, but then yeah. it is like hustle and lean into that. Because you're Definitely. so right. There's never like, I feel like people are waiting for a perfect time. Like when yeah. their, their bank account's going to have the perfect number or their side hustle is going to be at this perfect place or whatever. And it's like, sometimes you just kind of have to make that jump or you have to yeah. take on that extra work and really grind it out for a year or two or even a few months to get you to that next place where you can right. make that jump and make it a little bit easier. Yeah, there's never a perfect moment. I, I tell people that all the time, especially people come to me like, I want to get into what you do. And, you know, I want to start investing, but, but, you know, there's always a but. And I'm like, there's never a perfect, you're never going to have the cash flow that you want to have. You're never going to have um, the time freedom. Like, you've got to make the jump. And it's, you know, it's really a hustle and a grind to like do these things. And, you know, I think that's what people have to realize is, I think, people are so caught up on this passive income, passive income. Like I mm -hmm. want it to just come in and flow. And like, there's still so much work that has to be put in and, you know, especially as an entrepreneur and starting your own business. So it's, um, it's a tricky balance, but you got to find that sweet spot. Absolutely. So let's unpack that a little bit more about the, the passive income and how people just kind of expect it to come flowing to them. But like you said, there's a lot more that goes into it. Tell us yeah. a little bit about what, your kind of like average like day or week looks like managing yeah. all of these properties. Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions, I would say, especially in the short term rental space. Mm -hmm. um, I think people just associate Airbnb with, you know, not a lot of work and a lot of money coming in. And I, you know, I'm all about honesty, like it's not you know, passive at all. I have to tell everyone that, that I mean, like, this is not a passive role or job. Granted, there's a ton of automation. Um, there's a lot of things that work behind the scenes and, you know, you don't have to be all in 24 hours a day, but things pop up, you know, yeah. something breaks at your property or there's a bad guest that you got to deal with. Like things come up where you have to be actively involved. So the day-to-day -day definitely consists of guest communication and managing guest bookings, um, definitely talking with our cleaning teams and maintenance teams. Like I said, a lot of that is automated, but once again, there's always something going on. Like anytime I'm like, whoo, we're good. 
I'm okay. I don't have to worry about anything this week. You know, there's just always little things that arise that I'm having to deal with. And, um, and then just marketing itself too, you know, I'm very passionate about that. So, you know, whereas some hosts may just be kind of, let me, let me lay back and let my houses do what they want to do. I'm all about marketing and trying to promote our homes and our business. And so there's always something for me to do. I definitely stay busy, but it's definitely less passive than what people think. Ooh, I'm so glad you said that. So tell us a little bit about what, you know, people should be looking out for or thinking about if they are wanting to get into real estate investing. Mm, that's a loaded question. So okay. <laughs> it really depends on what your purpose is. Um, you know, people come to me and they're like, how do you choose your market? Like, how do you choose where you want your property? And like, yeah. that's really important, you know, for us, it's about places we want to vacation. Like these are our homes just as much as they are our guest homes. Obviously the goal to come and enjoy them. But, you know, our family wants to create memories at these locations and we want to go vacation there as well. So we choose locations that are important to us and that we want to visit. Some people are strictly numbers, so they may just say, you know, wherever I can find the best property that's going to bring back the best um, net in income for me is where I want to be. And that's totally OK, too. So I think it's very person specific on what your goals are um, in terms of real estate investing. Maybe you want something really close by. So if something happens, you have peace of mind, you can prop up to the property. Maybe you don't care. You, you want something out of the United States like that's totally OK, too. So I think it really is starting with where you want to be and what your vision is and goals are. And then from there, there's a whole can of worms we could open about <laughs> goals and what you're looking for. But I think that's a really good place to start is like what what's driving you to get started yeah. and what will matter most to you as a, a short term real owner. Oh, I love how you said those properties are just as much ours as they are like rental properties. Yeah. Like that you, you buy places that you want to go. <laughs> I love yeah. that okay. Like, you know, it, it can be a business and it can be personal too. Like I, I fully believe that that like we put so much passion and love into what we do and the properties we own and hand selecting them and, you know, creating teams that take care of our homes for us. Like we want to enjoy them just as much. So we do that. We're like next week, we're going to one of our properties for Valentine's day. Cause why not? You know, yeah. so, like that's being a short term rental owner. Oh, I like that. That sounds fun. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> You mentioned, you know, kind of having these teams that are helping you manage the places like on location. Yes. What has that looked like for you? Finding yeah. the right help, managing them and having them like all spread out. It is critical. I, I cannot stress it enough. Like they are the bread and butter of your business. So none of our properties are super close. They're all within driving range, um, anywhere from like two to four hours, but we could not do it without our teams. <laughs> like the, the short-term rental owners who go and turn over every property and clean, I, I just don't know how they do it. It's just, it's not sustainable. Like you have to have people that you can rely on and it is very important that you find those people. So I tell, tell folks all the time, don't stop until you feel confident that you found them. It may take one, two, three cleaning teams. That's okay. Like give them a trial run, test some things out. If it's not working, you see red flags, move on to the next because you have got to have full faith um, in your cleaning team, your maintenance team. And we, I mean, we've had that. We've had cleaners who've ghosted us, taken our keys. We had to switch all our locks. You know, it's not always great rainbows and butterflies, but we have teams now that 
they treat our houses like they own them. Like they're that's their babies. So it definitely is like a little trial and error. It takes time, but it's worth all the effort up front just to make sure you've got that peace of mind on the back end. Absolutely. Is there anything yeah. you look out for that is essentially like like a green flag for you when you're hiring? Yeah, I definitely have a certain list of questions that I ask. I definitely okay. want to know one, their experience with short-term rentals. Mm. And I want to know how many homes they're cleaning and what their lead time is. Um, a lot of times, you know, we, we could get a same day booking. It might be 9 a.m. and someone wants to check in at three. So mm. I really like to know my team's flexibility. Like, hey, if I give you short-term, short notice, you know, on a term, can you make that happen for me? You know, it can make or break up for you. So um, obviously you want them to have a life, and, you know, and enjoy their, their time too. But I just, there's things up front that you definitely want to know. That's a little bit different than maybe your personal home. Like I don't ask all these questions to my personal home cleaner, but you know, when you're looking at it as a business, you need to understand some of these things and how it might impact your business and maybe make you have to turn down some guests or, um, their reliability, their scheduling, you know, what days are they available to clean? Are they seven days a week or certain days? Um, so that really can help you try to manipulate your calendar and make sure that everything's online and just avoid guest issues down the road. Wow. So I'm sure yeah. all of that kind of in the back end has helped you become a super host with Airbnb, oh, right? Yeah, definitely. Yes, it has. It's it's something we're super proud of. We've been consecutive Airbnb Superhosts every quarter since we've launched. So wow. something you know, every every quarter I'm looking for my email, like, let me make sure we're still good. I take so much pride in that because it's way beyond just reviews. It's about your response time. Um, there's a lot that goes into the calculation to become an Airbnb Superhost. So it's important that not only you have a great home that you're offering to your guests, but you've really got to be consistent on your end and from a host standpoint and my cleaning team is I, they're a part of that. Like I couldn't do it without them. So that will definitely make or break you when you're trying to achieve that status. So just finding those teams up front and feeling confident in them is critical. Wow. Was that something yeah. when you set off that you were like, I want to be a super host, like we want to have this or was it something yeah. that just kind of ended up happening? It's definitely something I wanted just because I was an avid traveler anyway. So, you know, when I would go stay at Airbnb properties, if they weren't a super host, I was scrolling. I was like, I, <laughs> I don't even want it. You know, even at the time, I don't even know that I knew what being a super host meant, but it just felt like those were the best of the best. You yeah. know, like I, I was like, these are the properties I want to stay at. So as soon as we started, I'm like, that's the goal. Like we have to be Airbnb super host. So I just, I look at everything from a traveler's eye, you know, even as a host, I want to make sure that I'm providing everything that a traveler might want and need. Um, so I've kind of taken that to heart as we've, as we've set up our properties and being a super host and having that badge on your profile is invaluable. Yeah. So yeah. I love how you said you look at it from the traveler's eye. Are there, which I think is one of the super cool things about Airbnb is like the different little like amenities that they can oh, have. Yeah. Are yeah. there any special little things that you guys do to kind of like brand your locations with like, any, oh, yes. like extra yeah. little amenities? Tell <laughs> us about that. You're talking to the branding marketing expert. Of course. Yes. No. <laughs> Yes, there are. So we have branded mugs in all of our homes. So we obviously offer a Keurig and K-Cups and, you know, all the coffee things. I'm definitely a coffee fiend. Um, so we've got our logo on all of those and then the home name. Um, so we name all of our houses. So we've got those 
our on our coffee mug. Yeah, I love those. Um, we've got a really nice welcome book um, that's fully branded, and it, it's all of our favorite things. Um, just welcoming our guests, telling them who we are, you know, a little bit more about ourselves, make it a little bit more personal, yeah. and then um, giving suggestions, you know, like where to eat, what to do, what to drink in the area. So that's in every property. You would definitely find our, our welcome guide. And then we give a guest gift as well. So those are probably like my top three things that I would say that we kind of do to go a little bit above and beyond, but we slap our branding on everything. <laughs> so <laughs> It's all throughout the house, but we do love the little touches. And so many of our reviews mentioned that, which it just warms my heart every time I see one, because I feel like people really notice and they're like, oh, wow, they're going above and beyond. And that, that, means we care, you know, so it really does mean a lot. Ooh, I love that. I, I love those little touches, like the coffee, which can honestly, like just to make a place feel so much more like homey yes. and relaxed, yes. like in the mornings, you're going to have those slow mornings okay. there. Um, but yeah. that welcome guide. I love that. Just like a little yes. like, hey, like here are some recommendations. Um, how fun. So yeah you know, kind of as, you know, the marketing and branding expert and with your background in marketing, when you came into this, what was kind of going through your mind of like, how can I bring like marketing and branding into this? Because I don't think I've ever stayed at an Airbnb property that was like branded and had those nice little touches like yours. So I feel like this is something very unique that isn't, isn't widely like happening in the Airbnb community. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's definitely expanded over time. We didn't, you know, we didn't launch with all these amazing things in our property. We did have a welcome guide, but it's slowly gotten better. You know, I feel feel like the thing is like, you can always get better. So we have homes that we've, we've had up for two, three years now on Airbnb, but we're still adding new things. And, oh, if we go stay somewhere and we love this, like, oh, we want to add that to our property. So I think it's a lot of like, traveler's eye like I was saying like you know when we go stay somewhere say we were somewhere that we don't have a property we rent an Airbnb I'm looking at everything I'm like okay (laughs) I have a whole new perspective of staying you know in someone's property because I'm looking for those amazing things that maybe we don't have like maybe we're missing a cheese grater you know it could be something as simple as that it's like oh man I needed that and we don't have that so I'm always looking to improve but from a branding standpoint I feel like I've just done a lot of research um, at kind of kind of the best the best in our industry. There's a ton of folks that do what we do and at multiple properties. And I think what really makes people stand out is how they brand, how how much love and effort and extra touches they put into their home. So that's what we've done. And every new property we've launched, we've just tried to add more and more and more and just get better each time. I think that's really important to not stay stagnant. Yes. Oh, so yeah. cool. I love that. Just like constantly and not just like, okay, one and done. Like we bought the property, we set it up, we're good to go. Like constantly. Yeah. And I love that. It's like, oh, I would, I wouldn't have thought of that. We exactly. need to get those. Like, um, okay. I, the constant improvement is awesome. It's key. Yeah. It's definitely key. It's to just let it kind of be out of sight, out of mind, you know, like, oh, the property's fine. It's doing well, but I'm very adamant about, okay, do we need to refresh our towels? Do we need um, that our pots and pans get used, you know, are they, are they time for a refresh? Like, you know, it doesn't even have to be branding things. It's just making sure, you know, that next set of guests feels like, you know, this is top notch. So that's super important. Wow. So as you're saying all of this, 
it's making me realize that there are like a lot more expenses that go into owning, setting up, and then managing yeah. an Airbnb yeah. than really just the property. It's, at least if it's like a good one with the nice like amenities and everything going on. Yep. Yep. Wow. There's a lot of um, a lot of upfront costs from a short-term rental perspective, especially if you're furnishing the home. So some people get lucky and the house is fully furnished, you know, when they purchase it. And for me, that's never, that's never been the case. <laughs> Even when it's come with furniture, I'm like, oh no, we've got to get rid of all this. We need to start <laughs> fresh. But some people are lucky to, you know, kind of start off on a clean slate. Maybe it was a rental before and it's yeah. perfectly ready to go. But yeah, if you think of starting from scratch, I mean, anything down to the cups and plates and toilet paper and furniture and beds and mattresses. There's a whole list. So we actually do have a really nice Airbnb essentials checklist guide um, on our website that helps people get set up because it can be very overwhelming, you know, <laughs> starting from an empty home and making sure it's Airbnb ready is, oh, it's overwhelming. So we try to break that down room by room and make it a, a little less overwhelming, but there are some expenses up front. And then, you want to definitely have a budget to be able to maintain some of that stuff throughout the year. So not every month am I buying new towels and pots and pans. Like it's, you know, it's not that much, but it is something that's like, Hey, we are going to have to replace some things. Yeah. Things will break. Glasses will get dropped and, and it just happens. So you just kind of have to know that going in that it's not like, Hey, I've done everything up front. I'm, I'm done. I won't have to touch anything. It's a, it's a constant maintenance, which kind of goes back to that whole passive thing, <laughs> which wow. is, that's not, that's not real. So yeah. you have to just be constantly aware, um, kind of check in on your property or have those cleaning teams that can say, Hey, it's time. We need to order a couple of new things here and, um, just be prepared to make that happen. Wow. Yeah. This is no joke that this isn't like quite passive, passive income yeah. opportunity. It's so involved. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I love how you were saying that when you travel, you stay at other Airbnbs. Mm -hmm. So for someone who maybe hasn't stayed in an Airbnb before, or, you know, maybe they did, but it was a while ago, or maybe they didn't have a great experience. Tell us, like, tell us why Airbnb over a hotel? Like, let's, let's convert 100%. the naysayers. Yes, I can definitely convert you. And for, <laughs> for me and for my husband, it's the camaraderie. It's this, the common spaces. Um, like, I think, you know, if we're going to go travel, say with his family, my family, I don't want to be segregated. Like, I don't want to be everyone go to your room and have a good night. Like we want to be sitting around the kitchen table or around yeah. the living room playing games and watching the game on TV. Like, we, you know, we want to spend that time together. And I really feel like that's what Airbnb provides over a hotel or other accommodation options is that togetherness like that's why you're traveling that's why you want to be around each other so I feel like that it's a no-brainer to me like when I go stay somewhere especially with friends or, or big groups and gatherings it, it, it's always an Airbnb because I know I'm going to get that experience when I go definitely Ooh, I love how you said that it was just it was like short and simple but you're right like instead of being like <laughs> okay like See you in the morning. Like, bye, yeah, everybody. Yeah, bye, good yeah, exactly. And I've and I've gone on trips like that, and they're just different. Like, you yeah. know, the memories that you make. Not to say you can't have a great time, but you know, I can have. I have some core memories where I'm like, yes. you know what, we were even at our own property is just getting friends and family there, and like we've we have game nights, and we're just all sitting around and having a glass of wine and playing games. Like that's so 
what vacation and just spending time with others is about. And that's really what Airbnb properties provide. Oh, absolutely. No, just like you said, like it's so many core memories were made. Like, I feel like yeah. those, those best memories are the ones where it's like midnight and you guys are like still sitting around the kitchen table, just like laughing or, sure. you know, like hanging out in the backyard or something, just those extra little spaces that you don't have the opportunity to utilize. Exactly. Wow. Oh, Bingo. Wow. So switching. <laughs> So switching gears a little bit, tell us about kind of how, you know, stepping in or stepping from like corporate being in a very like male dominated team Mm -hmm. and like stepping in to business ownership as a female CEO, like what has that kind of journey looked like for you really embodying being the female CEO of your own business? Yeah, I will say it was harder than I expected. I don't, I don't know why I just thought, you know, I'm going to leave corporate and I've got this whole thing figured out. Like (laughs) I just like had this mentality of like, no problem. I've got it. I'm a super organized person. I'm a planner. You know, I just felt like I had all the traits to make it happen. And I can think back to like those first couple of months where I'm, I was just sitting here like, what do I do? Like, there's so much to do that you almost get overwhelmed. And you're like, I don't even know where to start or where to put my time. Whereas before, you know, maybe I had, 10 minutes here, 30 minutes here. And like, I have the next pressing thing, you know? Mm. So I was all working on that when I was in the corporate space. So the transition was definitely more difficult. And I would say, especially as a female, it's hard to make your, a name for yourself. It's hard to gain that respect. Um, in the space that we're in, I, you know, we're pretty blessed. I think it's, it's not, real estate is a very male dominated industry, but from a short term rental space, I've met a ton of people who are females and do what we do. So that's given a little light and making it, you know, a little bit easier. But, you know, as you're trying to branch out and just really build that branding, that personal branding, which is so important to me, it's difficult as a female, you know, to just get that, get that notoriety that you're looking for and um, kind of put faces to names and, you know, especially with owning with my husband too. So you know, kind of separating myself, like, hey, this is my job. <laughs> like, I do most of this. He definitely helps and, and he's totally involved, but just kind of keeping that separation as well and um, and just getting, you know, that respect that is needed is has been a journey. Um, but yeah, a lot harder transition than I anticipated. Yeah, I love how you touched on that. Uh, that's just so real. And especially, yeah. like, you go from having those little bursts of time where you're like, okay, I have to get this done. And then you're like, I have eight hours uninterrupted. Oh like, well, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Scheduling your time is a lot harder than it seems. I mean, it's still today I with it. And some days I have to just be like, okay, like, what are we doing? You know, you got to yeah. have to take that, that break because you get so overwhelmed and your list is 10 miles long. And, you know, you just feel like you're tasking things and just trying to cross things off where you really want to make movement and, and progress in your business. So it's a, it's a constant struggle, but I think it's, it's good to be real about it. You know, it's not just, Oh, bye corporate, like have fun. See you later. You know, there's a part of me that like couldn't wait to leave corporate. And then when I look back, I'm like, man, like there was structure, you know, like I, I would log in for the day and I knew what I needed to do, or I knew what, or I knew what I could do to get the raise or the, the promotion or satisfy my boss. So being your own boss, your own CEO is, you know, you got to kind of flip the script a little bit. So definitely an adjustment. 
Wow. So you mentioned, you know, being co-owners with your husband in this mm-hmm. business. How have you guys navigated that? You know, working together, marriage, what has that looked like? <laughs> it's fun. It's it's another <laughs> Yeah, we um, we were like, man, we've got to figure this out because we were all business, like mm-hmm. all, the, you know, I would do business all day long. He would do his full time job. He'd come home and all he would want to talk is about his business. And I'm like, look, I just got through a whole day of this. Like that, that is not what I, I want to like talk about life and, you know, have dinner and just enjoy things. So it's still been a transition. You know, it's, it's hard to, when you're both so passionate about something for it to not consume your lives, but I've gotten a lot better with it and just saying like, all right, you know, what are the couple things we need to check in on? Like, you know, we need to update. There's always things to make sure that everybody's on the same page about. So we do run through those each day, but it's less, taking over our lives than it once was, you know, especially for me, who's in it all day, every day. So I think yeah. it's a little bit, you know, but for him too, it's like, you know, you want to know what's going on. You're trying to juggle your full-time job. So uh, it's definitely finding that good communication and balance and um, just knowing there's, there's more to your marriage than just your business. You know, there's the personal piece of it too. Absolutely. So did you guys have to set boundaries in place or just kind of like, we're going to have check-ins like at this time and then we're done. What does that look like for finding that? Yeah. We had to have like real conversations, you know, like he, you know, he was like, what I'm so excited to talk about this. And I'm like, yeah, you have to look at my perspective. Like I've talked about this all day long. So I think it was like just getting on the same page and, you know, making sure that we understood each other and then definitely setting those boundaries. Like, okay, today, this is, this is most important. And that's what we would do, especially on Sundays. We're like, Hey, you know what, this, this is the priorities for the week. And these are what we need to focus on and everything else we'll get to, but just having that starting the week off strong conversation and then doing those check-ins each day has really helped us. Great advice. Great advice. So would you recommend or not recommend people getting into business with their their significant (laughs) other? I recommend it if you have strong communication and you guys have the same goals in mind. You know, it'd be very hard to have a partner that you're working with in business and you're you're going opposite ways. You've got to really have your eye set on on the goals and work together and use each other's strengths. Like there's some things that I'm not great at, but my husband is. And there's things he's not great at, and that's what I do. So we we know those strengths and we're very self-aware and we have that good good um, communication just to make sure that the business is moving forward. So I say it depends, depends on the couple. Some people don't work well together and that's totally okay. I get it. Um, But only do it if you're very, you know, cognizant of what you're good at, what your goals are, and if you can communicate well and and work on the business together. Oh, good advice. Good advice. Thank you for sharing. So (laughs) kind of, Tailing off of that a little bit, I feel like we've kind of touched on it a few times, but how have you really found balance now? Um, Balancing your business while also balancing, you know, everything else going on, like your life, your passions, your hobbies, self-care. What has finding that balance looked like for you as you've stepped into this female CEO role? Yeah, you definitely nailed it in terms of self-care, scheduling, and setting time for yourself. Um, I pretty much start every day with a workout that's very important to me. And I feel like it kind of clears my mind and gets the day started right. 
Um, and setting those times, they're the non-negotiables, you know, like if you need to go get something done, like make time for that and just really being aware of what's important. Like I said, kind of for that day, like what are those priorities? Because you can get so caught up on the million things that you have to do, but, you know, making sure like, Hey, this is important to me and setting those, those boundaries, especially for moms. Like we're expecting our first in July. So I'm already, Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm already trying to get my mind in the right headspace of that's going to open up a whole new window of like boundaries and setting time for yourself and the baby. Yeah. So as women, we definitely have a lot to juggle. And I think it's important to set that time for yourself um, and and not to give it up first. I think most times women are like, yeah, I'll get to that, you know, like, no, I'll, I'll get my nails done later. Or I'll, you know, go for a walk later. Mm-hmm. But we have to prioritize ourselves to be the best entrepreneur, CEO, mom, uh, wife, you know, to our spouse that we can, and it starts with us. Absolutely. How has your journey with pregnancy so far kind of, how have you found balance with that and work? Has it affected it much or has it been smooth sailing? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, luckily it's been pretty good. I haven't been very sick. I know a lot of women get sick and it just kind of ruins their whole day. I can't even imagine trying to work through <laughs> morning sickness or all day sickness and nausea, but yeah. the sickness um, I have not had. So it has, I've really not skipped a beat. I get occasional headaches and that's okay. It kind of takes me out for a little bit, but uh, for the most part, I've been operating like normal. So I'm just trying to enjoy these last few months of being able to do that. Uh, I know they, things will definitely change when there's a child involved, but yeah. you know, right now it's kind of like the sweet spot of just listening to my body and, and doing all that I can and um, just trying to stay with my routine. Absolutely. Do you have kind of any ideas in mind on how your schedule might change or like how you might be changing how you work once baby arrives or are you just kind of taking it all by ear? We're taking it by ear. We're definitely going to just kind of trial and error it, yeah. error it and see how things go. I think it's so hard to say what you want to do until you do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm afraid to say, you know, I'm going to need all the time at home or maybe I'm going to want to be a stay at home mom. Like, you know, it's hard to try, try to pinpoint that without having a child first. So I think we're just going to see where things take us and um, try to keep moving the business forward, no matter, you know, kind of what that might look like. Absolutely. Oh, how exciting. What a fun new yeah. journey for you. <laughs> oh, we're, we're super excited. I'm nervous and excited and all the feelings at the same time. Yeah. So last question for you. I ask it to all of the guests who join us on the podcast. What is one piece of advice that you have to share with other female entrepreneurs? Maybe a lesson that you have learned in your career that you think by sharing it might help someone avoid making that same misstep. Yes, definitely. My advice would be find another female that does exactly what you do or something similar and lean in on them. Uh, It took me a really long time to do that. Like I said, I just kind of jumped headfirst in and was like, I'll figure this thing out. But I've slowly realized there's a lot of mistakes I could have avoided. There's a lot of experts out there that can help you find answers way quicker than you're looking for them. So a couple of things I've done, um, we've got a local network group here in Charlotte where I am of business we call ourselves business babes. So we've got a group chat and we don't all do real estate. You know, some people do custom clothing and it's, it's a wide range of um, 
different small businesses, but we all have the same woes. <laughs> so we kind of use that group chat to talk with each other and just bounce ideas off of each other. And it's been so helpful just to not feel like you're on an island. And then same with our course. That's really why I put that out there was because I felt like, you know, it's better to not walk alone and you really want to learn those mistakes before you do them. <laughs> you, that's the whole point. So I really, you know, put my heart and soul into that, the digital course, just to make people feel like, you know what, I can start this journey and feel like I've got somebody there who's already been through it and can give me advice. So that would be my number one piece of advice to future female CEOs is have someone or a group that you can lean on to get that advice up front. Such wonderful advice because no one really understands what goes on as an entrepreneur unless they're in the thick of it with you and they can yep. really get it why one day you are in tears and your business feels up in flames and then the next day you're like this is the best day ever like <laughs> yep that's exactly right you, you feel alone sometimes you know yeah. so it's nice there's others out there and especially like this like this is a great platform to meet other female ceos and just yeah you know, start to network. And I feel like, you know, some people may be shy to do it up front, but it really is so beneficial to have that support system when you're getting started. Absolutely. Oh, great piece of advice. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you so much for your time today, Brittany. This has been so informative and I Good. love diving into this like brand new topic. So everybody, Brittany is giving away a next stop collective Yeti tumbler and t-shirt, which is super exciting coming from the branding and marketing queen herself. Get a little taste of their adventure. Um, in your own home. So what you can do to enter to win, you will head to the Female CEO Show podcast Instagram. You will comment on any of the clips that are up of this interview with Brittany. Let us know your favorite part of the episode, your biggest takeaway, whatever. And make sure to be following the Next Stop Collective on Instagram and you will be entered to win. I mean, who doesn't love a free Yeti? That's awesome. Exactly. That's so generous. Thank you, Brittany. Exactly. Yeah, no problem. So let everybody know where they can can find you, where they can connect with you, where they can find the course, maybe your properties if they'd like to go for a visit. Tell us everything. Yes, everything is on our website. So it's the nextstopco.com. So you can find all of our properties. Like you mentioned, our Airbnb um, property links are there. We've got our um, Airbnb digital course. All of our services and products are on there as well. And all of our social handles. So please follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all the things. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. And I'm so excited about the giveaway incredible all of that will be linked in the show notes for you so you can find it easily and go connect with them and support Brittany thank you so much Brittany for joining us on today's episode of the female CEO show podcast and thank you for listening we will catch you on the next episode